thank you as well to the wonderful worship team this morning um, and indeed to all the worship teams. You know, um, the worshippers were always at the head of the army um, and actually many wars, many battles were won by worship alone. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, today, um, I'm going to cover two things. I think that's how I started last time, by saying I was covering two things. So it seems to be a pattern. Um, so today we're going to be looking um, at hearing God's voice um, and the carnal mind. Um, so many of you will have heard carnal mind, and this might not be the first time that you've heard it. I've heard about carnal mind quite a lot, but recently over the last week, God has shown me something um, just help me understand it a little bit deeper. Um, I'm going to share a little bit of that with you today. So for those of you who don't know, what do I mean by your carnal mind? Your carnal mind is your earthly, fleshly way of thinking. The way that you've learned to think since you were born. You know, your mind that knows how to walk, how to run, how to read, how to do all the things that we do. The mind that rationalizes. Um, and for those who believe in God and have given our lives to God, we also have a spiritual mind, which should think accord to God's word, God's perspective, and that's not always the same as our earthly thinking and understanding. So one of the challenges that we face is learning how to discern our thoughts and which mind we're thinking with. We've grown up with our earthly mind. It's a familiar voice, and it knows the ways of the world. When we become born again, we need to learn how to use our spiritual mind to learn the things of the spirit. But one of the problems is our carnal mind can be loud and it can hinder our spiritual thinking and walking. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. This morning I'm going to focus on bringing every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ. Um, we're not meant to just let our thoughts take over um, and have control. We're meant to bring our thoughts into obedience to Christ. There is a battle in your mind every day, every hour, every minute. You don't have to look far to see the effects of the mind. There is so much to do with mental health and people struggling. People filling their minds with things of the world, expectations from the world, you know, it's harder today than ever where we can see snapshots of people's lives on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and whatever other platforms we're watching. And we feel that somehow we have to match up to what we're seeing. And actually what you're really seeing is the best snapshots of that person's life. You didn't see the tantrum that happened with the children before. You know, the nice smiley shot of everyone having fun on the beach. You didn't see the car journey that it took to get there. And little Johnny was sick on the way. And Timmy needed the toilet by the side of the road. And everyone's stressed. You know, we just see the snapshot of what people want to show you. And then we set that as our expectations and what we're trying to live by. 
it's not surprising that people are finding life hard now because we're trying to live up to things we were never meant to live up to. In fact, in Tea and Truth, um, a few weeks ago, we were talking about what it meant to rest on the Sabbath. Um, and we were talking about how we put so many pressures on ourselves to do things that we were never meant to do. Um, so let's go back to that line, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. If you take something captive, you don't have a discussion. I'd like you to come over this way. You take it captive, you grab hold of it. There's no room for reasoning. Um, and we need to do that with our thoughts. There's no room for reasoning. We need to make sure that those words that don't line up with God's word, that we tell them to be quiet. And sometimes you might have a familiar pattern in your thoughts um, that actually as soon as you start to see it coming, you can cut it off before it starts. You know, sometimes your imagination or um, what you're thinking about might start, and you might not notice it at first until you've got to the end. But as it comes again, stop it. No, I'm not letting you play out. No, I'm not letting you finish. Have authority over your thoughts. You know, Liz was talking a couple of weeks ago about identity, knowing that we have Christ in us, the hope of glory, and that we have the Holy Spirit in us, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And I don't know about you, but it's hard to understand. It's hard to get your mind around. I mean, wow, that's the reason I can stand here in confidence, not because of my confidence in myself or who I am, but because I know what I carry. Um, and that's been a process of learning um, that I'm grateful to God for. You know, everything I have is from him. So whether you're having a good day or a bad day, you're still a child of God. The truth is the same, even when we don't feel like it. We need to know we have an enemy, the devil, who comes to rob, to steal, to kill and destroy. Liz called him an identity thief, and I thought that was really poignant. You know, in a time when people are having their identities robbed, but actually we have someone who's much more subtle than that, and he's in your mind and in your thinking, um, that he wants you not to know the truth. His other name is the father of lies. That's his only weapon is deceit and confusion. And where does that happen? In your mind, in your <coughs> thinking. So we need to guard what we're thinking and where we let our minds wander. I want to share a part from a book I'm reading by Pastor Tom Loud. Tom Loud, if you haven't come across him, is an American guy who has loads of videos on YouTube. Um, and I'm not being paid to promote him, but he's helped me so much in my walk. If you want to learn about seeing healing, you want to learn how to pray for the sick on the streets, he has very short clips of where he's seeing people healed. Um, but that wasn't always the way for him. He used to go on the streets, pray for people and see nothing, and see nothing, and see nothing, um, which I can relate to. Um, but he came across a guy called Pete Cabrera Jr. Um, and he started watching his videos and he was seeing people healed. So he rang Pete and he said to Pete, what are you doing? How are you seeing people and I'm not? What are you thinking of when you pray for someone to be healed? Are you thinking of the finished work of the cross? And Pete said to him, I'm thinking nothing. And he was like, oh, okay, you're thinking nothing. And then the story kind of picks up here. The beauty of nothing. 
I saw what Pete was doing, but I didn't know exactly how his process worked. I heard his words and I saw the results. But there was something I couldn't see. I couldn't see what was going on inside of Pete's head or his heart. And I was convinced that the answer to that question was the key I was missing. Before I let Pete off the phone, I asked another question. I said, in the shoulder video, how did you know how long to wait before telling her to try it again? And Pete said, well, I don't know. I just gave the Lord time to work. I got off the phone with Pete, feeling as if I'd learned nothing new. But then the Lord brought Romans 8, 7 to mind. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, and nor indeed can be. The word carnal here is the Greek, Greek word sarkos, which simply means flesh. The carnal mind, the natural fleshly mind, is enmity against God. That word enmity used here is the Greek word ekthra, which means hostile. So your natural fleshly carnal mind is not only incapable of understanding or receiving the things of the spirit, it is actually hostile towards God and unable to accept or believe God's word. Your earthly mind is unable to believe or accept God's word. So your carnal mind sounds like doubt. Your carnal mind is where the confusion comes in. And the Bible uses the phrase double-minded to talk about this. James 1, 6, verse 7 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. I mean, that's a separate preach on its own, right? <laughs> if you lack wisdom, ask God, who gives liberally without reproach, and it will, not might be, not if you're good enough, it will be given to you. Anyway, that's a different preach. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For not let, sorry, for let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Double-mindedness is talking about your earthly mind, which sounds like doubt and unbelief when we're also trying to use our spiritual mind, which speaks in faith. It brings instability, and it affects our faith, and that affects what we see when we step out praying for people and when we're expecting God to move. So we have to learn to tell our carnal mind to be quiet. So how do we do that? Firstly, you can ignore your thoughts that don't line up with God's word. Don't just assume that every thought you have is your thought. You do not have to agree with everything you think of. You can read scripture that reminds you how you should be thinking. You can stop allowing imaginations and thoughts to play out that do not line up with the word of God. You know, um, I have a good friend who, um, actually this isn't in my talk, but it just popped into my head, who years ago, who would always say, I have to think out the worst scenario so I'm, so I'm prepared. I have to allow myself to prepare for the worst scenario. And I think many people do that. But actually the Bible is saying don't do that because we can stand with God's word. Um, if I was sat where you are, 
and someone at the front asked, put up your hand if you don't hear God's voice. I would want to put my hand up. My natural position is to feel like I don't hear God's voice. However, a short while ago, I was sitting and I was recounting all the times I've heard God's voice for other people, people I didn't know, people I'd never met before. And I was just having one of those moments of, wow, God, you were there. Wow, God, I didn't know that you were speaking to that person. Wow, God. And then I was like, actually, I can't actually, in all honesty, anymore say I don't hear God's voice. Because, God, there's too many times that I've heard your voice. I actually cannot agree with that thought. Even though my carnal mind would want to say, yeah, I don't hear God's voice. Actually, I've experienced so many times I do hear God's voice. Um... Generally, we want to hear God's voice, and we want to hear him speak to us. But sometimes we can listen to the lies of the devil that we can't hear God and we don't hear God. And yet, this is what you were created for. God made us to be in relationship with him. And you can't be in relationship with someone unless you talk to them and listen to them. It's impossible. You know, it meant so much to God that Jesus died on the cross, that we would be back in that place of relationship. It was so important to God that we could go directly to him, not through someone else. You don't need to always have a word from someone else. You know, when Jesus died and the veil tore, um, it was what God wanted. No more will you come through someone else. No more will you have to go through a high priest. Come to me. And we're told to come with boldness because of what Jesus has done. The number one way that we want to hear God is audibly. Yeah, we all want to hear God audibly, and not many people do. It's probably the least likely way to hear God. So just because you don't hear the audible voice of God, um, don't be disheartened. If you do hear the audible voice of God, I'd like to know. Other ways we hear God and that are much more frequent are dreams. If you're a dreamer, get a book by the side of your bed. Don't think, I'll remember that in the morning. If you've dreamt something, write down as many details, colors, numbers, what God shows you. And even if you're not sure, ask someone else, do you think this dream means something? Visions, which is more when you're awake. Reading his word. Have you ever read his word and something just jumps off the page at you where you think, oh, I didn't see that before. It's so clear. How could I not see it? You know, that's the number one way God talks to us. Words of wisdom, prophecy. We're told to eagerly desire that gift of prophecy. How many of us are actually eagerly desiring that gift of prophecy? Um, And I've said it before, that we are allowed to learn in the kingdom of God. Don't expect it to fall in in your lap. You want the gift of prophecy, ask God for a word and say to someone, I'm learning learning to hear the, word, the voice of God, does this mean anything to you? No? Okay. That's fine. Um, and just learn. It's okay to make mistakes. You know, Sarah was saying last week about feeling she'd made mistakes at the front while playing and things. We have to be okay with that journey of learning. I want to share a testimony with you um, that, um, that talks about hearing God's voice, but also talks about how the carnal mind got in the way. I used to go to a church called Trinity Life Church in Royston. And there was a prophetic guy who came to visit called Byron, Byron Easterling. I think he was from California. And he came to speak about the prophetic. 
In one of the groups that was in somebody's house after the service, somebody asked, how do you hear God? And he said, well, sometimes it's like a buzzing fly. You know, a fly comes and you go away and it seems to just come straight back. Go away. It comes straight back. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, sometimes God's words for somebody else can be a bit like that. And this day, I was in a church service. It was a dedication service. And um, I can still picture it. Byron was just in front of me. There was an empty row in between us. And I was almost directly behind him. Um, and it was a dedication service. And as I'm worshipping God, I've got my eyes closed, I hear the word infertility. Well, that's not normal, is it? When you're worshipping, do you hear the word infertility? Nothing to do with me worshipping God doesn't normally pop into my head. So I think, that's a bit weird. I bat it away and I ignore it, carrying on worshipping God, and I hear it again. That's a bit strange. That's not normal. Okay, let's just ignore it. Carry on worshipping God. No, it's definitely not going away. So now, I do what you should do when you think you hear the voice of God. I looked with my natural earthly eyes, and I looked around the room. Who do I think might be having trouble with infertility? Well, later in the story, you'll realise why that was a bad idea, and we should never ever do that. Don't use your natural eyes to interpret a word that God has given you. Okay? Um, so I looked around the room, there was no one that met that description. And I was like, mm, okay, ignore it, carry on worshipping God. And then it kind of, it's getting annoying now. Okay, it's getting to a point I can't keep ignoring it. So then I look up and I think, oh, well, there's Byron. He's the prophetic guy. If God was going to talk to someone, he would use the prophetic guy. Okay, that's the carnal mind starting to get involved. Is that what God's word says? Does God say he will only speak through the prophets? No. Um, back then, I didn't know who I was in Christ. I didn't know I carried um, the Holy Spirit and Jesus in me. I didn't know that God would speak through me as much as he would Byron. So I agreed with my carnal mind and I said, yeah, if he was going to give a word, he'd give it through Byron. So I ignored it. Anyway, um, where have I got up to? As we sit down and they're starting the dedication service, the word comes one more time. Now my carnal mind says to me, who do you think you are? This service is not about you. This service is about them. This is their dedication service. Don't make it about you. And I agreed with the carnal mind again, and I didn't say anything. So I go home, the end of the dedication service, um, and I forget about it. Well, the next morning, I'm in the shower, and I do a lot of praying in the shower. And as I'm praying, infertility, and I'm like, oh, come on, leave me alone. So I, I've got to the point, I'm like, okay, right, fine. I'm going to message the mum of the person being dedicated. Was there anyone at the dedication who was struggling with infertility? The answer straight back, yes, Rob's sister. Rob was the father of her children, and her sister was visiting now, you actually know this couple. It's Nicola and Owen. Okay, I'd never met them then. So Nicola and Owen um, already had three children. So when I looked with my natural eyes, infertility just didn't connect. Okay, but they knew that they wanted a fourth child. They had tried a really long time and had many heartbreaks. But they believed that a fourth child was for them. That word was for them. So I sent back a text message saying, I'm so sorry. Please, could you tell them that I think God has a word for them, that they will have a baby, because I believe that's what God was saying. 
Anyway, in the shortest time possible, I get a message saying Nicola's pregnant. And you've all met the beautiful Hosanna, who is the result of that word. But you can see there how the carnal mind tried to stop it and stop it. It's very interesting that as a church, I think in at least three preachers I've heard, God has spoken to you about, if you will not go, I will send another. Um, and Because I messaged Byron, because I was heartbroken. I was like, oh, Byron, I had a word from God, and I, did, I missed it. How do you know? I feel so stupid. Um, and he just sent me one back saying, don't worry, if God wants to say something, if you miss it, he'll send another. But actually, God loves you, and it's okay to learn. Um, so I was like, okay. So anyway, so you know the end of that story. You know that Nicola and Owen have the beautiful Hosanna. Um, if you do have a word for someone, it's really important to use the exact words that God gives you. There's a prophetic guy called Sean Boltz. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, incredible prophetic guy. If you want to learn about the prophetic, he is someone who, when he gives a word, he really sees in front of him not the person who's in front of him, but almost like the finished work of God. Does that make sense? And so his love for that person and for their future is so strong. And the way he gives a word is so in love. Um, and he had a word for someone about stomach migraines. He could have interpreted that, and he could have said, someone here who has stomach pains. Okay? And it wouldn't have meant anything to that person. But the lady who it was for had literally just been told by the doctors, we don't really have a word for this. It seems to be some sort of stomach migraines. So when you get that word and it's spot on, you know that it's God. So it's really important if you think you get a word for someone that you give it how God gave it. Um, don't feel you've got to have something massive to say. I want to share another story. Um, I was in Walsall. I was with Ruth, and we were there because Curry Blake was over. And Ruth and I were going on a journey together, learning how to pray for the sick. And Curry Blake currently leads um, John G. Lake Ministries. If you've never heard Curry Blake's testimony, it's, it will blow your mind. I haven't got time to do that now, um, of how he came to um, lead John G. Lake Ministries. So he was over talking. I believe it was his first time in the UK. Um, and we were there for three days. Um, we were in a church called The Rock. I don't know if that's familiar. Um, but as we went in, you go in an entranceway, and directly in front of you is some lifts and the stairs. As you look to the right, that's where we went through to worship. Ah, oh, you know what, you're, you're nodding because you were there. You were. So as you go in through the door, there is where you go in and you worship. And then as you go to the left, there was... Um, um, like a cafe. Now, I assumed it's all part of the church. To this day, I still don't really know, and you'll understand when I share the story. So after a session, um, ladies, you know what the queues for toilets are like. So Ruth popped off to the toilet. I went to go and get some drinks. And um, as I went to get my drink, the lady serving suddenly went, oh. And I said, are you all right? She said, I've got dreadful toothache. Oh, it really hurts. And I'm a bit like, Okay, I'm the one in front of you, and you're in pain, and I'm learning about healing. Let's have a go. So I just assume she's part of the church, so I don't think anything of saying, can I pray for you? Expecting her to say yes. And she went, no. <laughs> and I was like, okay. She said no. And I was in my mind thinking, is this 
not part of the church. Anyway, um, she said no. So I was a little bit taken back. Now, um, please hear me right. I am 100% not telling you to pray for someone when they say no. If someone says no, you should respect them. Something in this situation, just compassion rose in me. That's all I can say. And never in my mind was I thinking I'm going against your will. Something just happened in the moment. And as she handed me my change, I found myself putting my hand above hers and below hers and in the quickest way possible saying, Father God, I thank you for her. Toothache, leave now, I think is what I said. Something like that. The quickest way possible. Because actually my carnal mind is going... Oh, she said, no, when you're praying. She said, no, when you're praying, you're going to get into trouble. And so I'm panicking inside thinking, I've just prayed for her. But actually what happened was she filled with tears. And she said to me, no one's ever done that for me before. No one's ever done that for me before. Now I'm standing there really confused because I'm like, you're attached to a church and no one's ever prayed for you before? And I was just like, how is that possible? And she would look so emotional. Often when we say to someone, can I pray for you? They have no idea what you're going to do to them. It's just safe to say no. So I think that's probably what she did. Anyway, I go out with my cups of tears. And as I'm waiting for Ruth, um, now I don't know whether Ruth had actually come and joined me at that point or not. I can't remember. Um, But I just felt she's someone who is kind and caring. She's someone who's kind and caring. Now, luckily, I didn't have much time for my carnal mind to kick in because, actually, I had such an overwhelming sense to go and tell her. Why would you go and tell someone you're kind and caring? I don't know. And luckily, my carnal mind didn't kick in. I also didn't think through the practicalities. I didn't have time to think, well, she's probably still serving. I'm going to have to get back in the queue. I just had a need to go and say it to her. And as I went back in to the cafe, she actually, by God's grace, was standing where the milk and the sugar is. So I didn't have to queue up. So I go in and I say to her, I don't know why, I just feel like I really need to tell you, you're someone who's kind and caring. As I said that, God gave me the rest. I didn't have it. I didn't know I was having a word. I didn't know this was about to be an awesome God moment. Um, I just really had a sense to go and do it. And I actually just thought it was me doing it when I started. And as I said to her, you're someone who's kind and caring. I knew in that moment, and as I knew, I kind of verbalized it as I was processing it. And I said, oh, that's not how others treat you. Oh, you're kind and caring, but you're not treated that way. People don't treat you that way. And again, these big tears just formed in her eyes. And I was a bit like, oh, I'm having a word for you, and I didn't know I was. Um, And she just um, was all emotional again. And then as I'm talking to her and just saying what God's giving me, um, I can hear a song in my head. Um, There's a God who sees. There's a God who sees right where we are. It just kept playing in my head, so I just let that out. You know, there's a God who sees, there's a God who knows you, and he knows how you're being treated. And he knows. See, God used what I knew 
to have a word for her. See, so when you're with someone, there might be a song going around in your head. Well, is that song for that person? Is that word for that person? You don't have to know everything when you get started. You just have to have a desire to love the person in front of you. And as I had compassion for her, God was like, okay, I trusted you with something small and you went for it. Now have something else. And I went for it. And then God gave me more. Um, I think Liz might even have touched on that last week, that you know when you're faithful with a little bit you've got, God will give you more. I didn't even know that that was going to happen. And then I said to her, well, can I pray for you again? And she looked at me and went, yes. You know, because she'd experienced God. And so I prayed for her again about how she would know the love of God and that she would know that whatever happens in her life, that God sees and he knows and he knows what's happening with her and that he cares for her deeply and that that's not his will for that to happen to her. And I really hope that she connected somehow with the church across Like I say, I still don't know. Maybe the cafe was owned by the church. I don't know. I have one last story to share with you um, about hearing God's voice. I'm sharing these with you because I hope it inspires you to ask God, give me a word for someone. Give me a word for someone. Um, Again, I was with Ruth. We used to, on a Sunday, and actually I'd like to get back to it, go to the Royston Heath Cafe And we used to have a cup of tea and cake and just say, God, who do you want us to talk to? And do you know what? It would always happen at the end. Always happened as my kids had had enough and we needed to go home. The cake was done and we needed to go. But it would always seem to happen at the end. Well, I sat there and I said, God, I really want to have a word for someone. I want to have a proper word for someone. Like, you know, not something just random, a proper word for someone. Anyway, I sat there, and a woman in the window who was on her own caught my eye. And I suddenly hear the word, missionary. Now, inside, my carnal mind is laughing. (laughs) You're not in church. Missionary? She's not going to be a missionary. Don't be ridiculous. So I say, God, give me something normal like her name. And I think I hear the word Sarah. Sarah, everyone knows a Sarah, right? Everyone knows a Sarah? We all know a Sarah. We have a few here. Um, Everyone knows Sarah. So I walk boldly up to the woman. Hi. Is your name Sarah? No. Okay. Do you know a Sarah? No. And I'm kind of hoping. I've only gone over there with Sarah. I'm hoping for a repeat of what happened in Walsall, that God's going to give me the rest when I get there. You're not Sarah. Don't know. You really don't know a Sarah. Anybody. I was asking God for a word for you, and I heard the word missionary, but that seems a bit strange. Because I'm like, I'm over there, just tell her. And she goes, oh, I am a missionary. I'm a medical missionary. And I was like, oh, yes. There could be a different type of missionary, yes. Anyway, she was very quick in saying, when the 9-11 attacks happened, it really made me want to explore religion. And I've been really exploring religions. And it was amazing. We were able to have an amazing conversation with her. Um, But I doubted God because missionary didn't make any sense to me. We're not in church. So again, when you hear God, try and trust him. (laughs) And what's the worst that could have happened? If she said no, then maybe I could have offered to pray for her anyway. Um, Sean Boltz actually tells a time of he gave a completely wrong word to a stranger, but the stranger said, I've always wanted to meet someone that hears God. And they managed to have an amazing conversation anyway. Don't be afraid to get it wrong. However, if you feel that you hear a negative word for someone, always check that. Always ask somebody else, do you actually think I should give this? Um, I wouldn't do that lightly. 
things that I've told you have been positive things. They've never been negative. And actually, in my experience, when God wants to correct somebody, he will often do it in a very loving, gentle way, allowing that person to come to that conclusion themselves. And it might be a little seed that you sow, but God very rarely confronts somebody um, head on, say, you're wrong, this is wrong, you know. So um, just be careful um, with how you give somebody a word. Um, Okay, so I wanted to set you a challenge in your DNA groups this week. I want you to try hearing God's voice for each other. Okay. Now, Linda knows we've done this before. You might jog her memory. Um, in your DNA group, I want you to get a piece of paper. At the bottom, I want you to write your name. I feel like a teacher now. <laughs> Could you all write your name on the bottom, please? All point to your name, so you've written your name. Sorry. Um, so, um, write your name on the bottom. The reason is you're going to pass this sheet to someone else in the DNA group. Okay? So, if Roger's in my DNA group, I've written my name, I hand him my piece of paper. He's going to ask God for a word for me. Just have some quiet time with God and say, God, is there something you want to say to Lorraine? It might be a song that jumps to his head. It might be a word that jumps to his head. It might be a scripture that jumps to his head. He might just have some sort of impression of something or a picture. And you just write that down and then you fold it so no one else can see. And then the next person in your DNA group can still see your name. You still know whose it is. And then we pass it to the next person. Maybe I pass it to Esther. And she writes the word that she thinks God has for me. And then we fold it again. If you've got more people in your group, just keep going until everyone's put something. Um, and then when it gets back to you at the end and you open it, you'll be amazed that there will be a thread that will run through it. And you will see God's word and you will see um, what God is saying. And I've done it a couple of times, nervously, um, but actually I've never seen God not speak. Even, even through new Christians who might not, um, you think, be able to give you a word. Does that make sense? Well, you know, they're a baby Christian. Well, actually, they're not. They have the same Holy Spirit. Um, so even through a child, do it in the children's work. You know, what do you think God says? Does God give you a picture or something? Um, and write it down, and then you will see that actually you do hear the voice of God for people. That might be a really nice way for you to start experimenting um, and seeing that you can hear the voice of God for someone. Um, Try not to add your own interpretation. If you get three words, write three words. You might get to the end and God might give you more. He might not. Don't be afraid to give the words that God gave you and the exact words that God gave you. Don't um, try and put your spin on it. Don't try and understand it with your carnal mind. Um, I've actually done really well. Having told Roger that I thought it'd be about 40 minutes, we're at 34 minutes, so that's cool. Um, okay, so I wondered if we could just pray. Um, and if you would like prayer, um, because you want to use that gift of prophecy, or you want to have words, or dreams, or visions, you want to ask God to do that, we could pray for you at the end. Um, or if you need healing today, and you want to come and have ministry at the end, come and have ministry, um, or anything else that you want prayer for. Um, so I'm going to pray for you now. Oh, Father God, we just thank you. Thank you for your kingdom. 
thank you that your perspective is not always our perspective. Thank you that you are a God who sees and you see what's going on in each one of our lives. And Father God, you love to bring healing. You love to bring freedom and you love to reveal your love to each person. And I pray that no matter where we are this week, that you would give us a word for somebody that's in our path this week because you have put us here for such a time as this. And our time is now. And if we don't go, then you will send another. But God, we don't want to be lazy. We want to be that person. We want to say, God, I have no idea what I'm doing, but God, here I am. God, would you give me a word for that person on the bus? Would you give me a word for that person in the line? God, there's someone there who looks upset. Would you give me a word to encourage them today? God, would you give me a listening ear that I might listen to somebody? Father God, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you are in us and you are our teacher. And I ask, would you teach each one of us this week? Would you help us, um, Holy Spirit, to hear you? Would you help us, Holy Spirit, to know which thoughts are ours? Would you help us, Holy Spirit, to know which is my carnal mind and which is my spiritual mind? You know, I can't do spiritual things using my carnal mind. My carnal mind needs to step to the side and let my spiritual mind function when I'm doing um, the things for the kingdom. Father God, we just thank you. Open our expectations. Take the lid off, God. We sang about tearing down the walls. Tear down the walls, Lord, that we've put in place. And I just pray for an outpouring, um, Holy Spirit, of your power that we would, right back at the beginning of the meeting, we were praying that we would see your signs and your wonders wherever we go because we carry you and you are in us. Help us not just to think according to this world, but according to your kingdom. God, I thank you. We are your children. Please help us to walk as your children. In Jesus' name, amen. For your glory, Jesus, for your glory. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, amen. That was really good. Yeah, amen. <laughs> yeah, um, when you pray the closing prayer, I think the offering bucket is right at the end there. Um, Oh, yes, Eleanor is just waving her hand. So um, if you need prayer and you think, and if you're one of those people saying, I don't hear God, I've never heard God, like Lauren just said, that's a lie because we are his sheep and we hear his voice. But if you need somebody to just um, pray with you, prayer, or if you want to, Lauren, Lauren can pray, yeah? Pray with people there and then... Um, and actually, if you think, oh, you need a word and you want, um, like me, I don't get words that quickly. People don't really give me words. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, I don't get words. I've never received, I've never received word and you want to receive one. Yeah, come outside here. I'm here, Roger and um, Olive and, and, uh, <laughs> and they've got words ready for you. No, no, jokes apart, really, because sometimes some people just say, I don't actually get word and I don't know how to give word and you just need somebody to just um, pray with you and agree with you on that sure just feel free to come out and if you need prayer for anything there for healing because when we speak about whether hearing God's voice or the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is here to demonstrate that to confirm his word that's what he says right we go and then really if what we are saying is true he will confirm you know, signs and wonders following. So I'm sure signs and wonders are ready to 
follow Lorraine towards this afternoon. So yeah, go for it. Yeah, so worship team, please give us a nice little song, keyboard. Thank you, Father, that we are your sheep and we hear you. Lord, I ask right now, would you give us listening ears to hear what you are saying to us? And if there's somebody sitting next to you and you feel that you sense that you have a word for them, like Lorraine said, just, just give it. Don't let your mind come into it. Just give the word to them and leave it with them and bless them. But remember, the words of word always come to edify, to build up, to love. Yeah, it does correct, but it, even when, when, God, when correction is coming, it's wrapped up in a really nice, juicy, you know, way that is received. So, Father, we thank you as we wait on you, that you speak through us. We yield to you. We surrender to you. Holy Spirit, come.